everybody, and welcome to the Casually Hardcore Podcast, episode 63. What a monumentous number. <laughs> Randomly 63. Joining us, we've got Wes, a.k.a. Nightmare Demon. Uh, Wes and I had a podcast short-lived with, uh, with the Anthem, <laughs> and so we're glad to officially get him on the Casually Hardcore Podcast, lasting much longer than the Anthem Free Radio <laughs> Podcast at 63 episodes versus, like, 10 or 12. I was about uh, to say, we have what, 12? 12. It was always the experiment. Like, will this be a good game? Oh, yeah. And the answer was, we're still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> the question goes on. Anyway, so uh, today's podcast, we're going to be focusing on, obviously, the, t- the conversation around delays. Last of Us 2 just got delayed. Uh, we're also going to be seeing delays within the records of Final Fantasy 14, Final Fantasy 11. A lot of studios are announcing they're adjusting to working remote and that's going to equal delays and so we're going to kind of theme it around the aspect of the theme park versus sandbox especially because wes if you guys aren't aware avid eso player we're going to get some perspective on that with an upcoming expansion so it's going to be a podcast themed around mmorpgs and video games as always but obviously with the theme of delays going form, <laughs> foremost into the stratosphere. So with that, I do want to make an official announcement. This is going to be our first podcast that is going to be hosted and run completely on the Casually Hardcore Podcast channel, formerly Highlights channel. We're going to be just putting all the podcasts over there. Uh, we've uh, just looked at the numbers and we're just like, yep, it makes sense that now is the right time to sit here and have the podcast on that specific channel so we can do hopefully a lot more uh, and different highlight content and more like that. So if you guys have not yet subbed to the Casually Hardcore podcast and you're watching this, you probably aren't subbed. So you might want to just check that subscribe button below. Chris, who do we have to thank for this episode being put together? Well, as we have more and more channels, um, because YouTube has the bell, but the bell doesn't let you say, hey, I only like this type of content. So we make a lot of different kinds of things. So we're starting to split those off more and more. Um, We want to thank our members. Uh, So the members on work to game support us whether or not they watch us for work to game or whether or not the videos they like most are on work to game. Uh, That could be Ginger Prime. That could be work to play. That could be podcast highlights and brian and i have other ideas uh so just stay tuned here for our first thousand new channels uh we'll get them out there <laughs> Make it, making Thanks. a network y'all zajij <laughs> <laughs> Vajra. Uh, Armand, Philip, Cody, and Tyler, just a few of our members. Uh, big thanks to you guys. We know that YouTube does a good job giving you like badges and all sorts of cool stuff, but only in the one place. Uh, so until they let members have those member badges everywhere we exist and we can just transfer that membership all over, we want to say a big thank you to you here. All right. So, uh, Wes, like I gave you a slight introduction. Why don't you tell people who you are? They've heard your voice on streams from time to time. We've been playing games for a long time. I like what games are you actively playing? You've been making content for your YouTube channel, but namely, I discovered you first as a streamer before you really kind of started doing a bit of both in the content creation. Tell people who you are and where they can find you. Uh, my name is Wesley, aka Nightmare Demon. I make guides and stuff for ESO over on YouTube, and my main games right now is Monster Hunter World and ESO over on uh, Twitch. The uh, same name as here except without a three it's, uh, not at nightmare demon or nightmare underscore demon underscore you're like me just like always off off random brand like you know they were like yeah keep it keep it simple and i'm like no <laughs> <laughs> most 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 of my stuff is the same name across all it's nightmare demon as a whole twitter is the only one where i don't get to have the right spelling 
So you can find me over there. I post stuff over there. But uh, the YouTube channel has got guides and stuff for ESO, and I plan on doing more for it. But mostly I just stream Tuesdays and Thursdays nights, 9 p.m., and Sundays all day, usually ESO or Monster Hunter World. Now, if you guys missed our last episode, we had A-Rex or A-Rex, like I'm, Alex, like I'm just so bad. I get tripped up on his name constantly. Uh, talking, obviously, about uh, just the many different looter games out there. Really uh, happy to have him next week. We actually have Death Monkey, uh, who's actually in chat right now, uh, hanging out. So we're going to have him on the podcast. Can we talk about content creation? Uh, we always end up getting in, I think, really great conversations. So it's just going to be fun. One of the things that I think I pride myself on is that we'll go from, like, you got a million subscribers? Come on the podcast. You got like, a you know, 100 subscribers? You're welcome here too. We don't <laughs> discriminate based off of size. It's all about having great conversations with people who are making stuff out there. On. That statement implied we do discriminate based on other things. And that is that we put your name on a dartboard and we spin it on three times and then throw it and then send you an email and see if you're interested in coming on. Would you like to? Uh, would so you like to? unfortunately, that is our current deciding process. There is no better way. There's no better way. Enjoy the darts, everybody. So um, anyway, guys, obviously the big news. Uh, actually, I hate saying big news. The major unfortunate catastrophic news for many, many players Last of Us 2 delayed indefinitely. What is your take, uh, Nightmare? Like, Because you didn't hear this news. I actually told it to you as we were about to record, and you looked pretty depressed by it. <laughs> I really enjoyed the first Last of Us, don't get me wrong, but uh, I was I was actually surprised that, like, it's not like a delay, you know, like, okay, we're going to delay it to now, but, like, from what you said, it's a delay until, you know, whenever, which is really surprising considering the fact how big the first game was which I guess they want to make sure to do it right. But yeah. still, with everything going on, as long as you know, they're protecting their workers and stuff, I have no issue with it. As long as they're protecting themselves and their employees, I'm okay with it. Right, right. Chris? I wasn't even affected. You and I were talking about something else entirely on the phone earlier, and uh, I was taking a brief leg stretch, and then you said, last was too delayed. And, and, and like, I literally didn't even break my previous thought. So, yeah, that makes sense. And then just write <laughs> back to whatever else because it indefinite's the right word. You can't you can't keep just kicking these deadlines out there when you don't know if you can hit them. Yeah. And so in my mind, we don't have dates surrounding PlayStation stuff yet. Right. So in my mind, until the consoles have hard dates, I would expect games to be really really loose with the term release date mm -hmm. so i think yeah. last of us will wait for them i think uh halo infinite will wait for them yeah. and and that's a really clever way to let the hardware people take the hit and then if they delay from those dates you go well given the current climate then your delay suddenly looks more reasonable what you don't want to do is say we're hard coming out october 1st for sure and then the consoles are like hey we're coming out november 1st oh, wait, that's November 30th. And then you're like, well, we need 30 more days. It's like, why? They were coming out after you. Yeah. Uh, so let everybody else play their hand and then decide whether or not you want to lay down your bet. For me, I think uh, I have a, a lot of respect for PlayStation and how they handle their uh, their IP, right? Because any other company, like you go and put Last of Us as an EA property, like I just say EA is like, we want to get it out. We want fiscal. <laughs> we know people want to play games now, right? Like who cares if it's, perfect let's get it out so people can buy it because like they have time and a lot of games right now are a legit like thing to own you know like oh you have a game mm -hmm. great you've got entertainment for 
like for the like pennies on the dot like pennies on the dollar like it's hours and hours and hours that you can spend and right now a lot of people have that but i do respect sony because they do pride themselves especially as it relates to their first party this last generation alone has just knocked it out of the park now for me like it's not a game that i was looking forward to playing but i am sympathetic to the like people who are just really looking forward to playing this game uh, like even our like my friend kevin who we've had on the on you know stream with us from time to time back in the day like he is an avid player of this i know this news probably is just devastating because it, it does give us something to look forward to in these kind of times like hey let me just give me something that i can i can hold on to so uh here in a couple days chris i guess you're gonna be checking out final fantasy 7 re uh the remake which will be excellent a lot of people are playing that already so at least that didn't get delayed there's plenty of stuff that will be able to hold us uh through guys got a question on it though what if it's a year should it just be ps5 like should they just say and ps5 like it's it's a, it's a ps5 exclusive i mean no i don't i don't know no no I, if you've no. if you've built it to run on older platforms the install base for ps4 is already huge the install base for ps5 will be however many they've sold Right. Not how many people are interested in getting it. They could be hard to come across. Not how many people would want one. There could be people who still haven't recovered financially. There is no reason to move away from an install base unless they have suddenly realized it won't run on the PS4. Yeah. Which I think would be would be hard pressed because I mean, even though you know they're they're a few years old, the the last generation, you know, they they still are pretty powerful consoles unto themselves. Yeah. Not as fast, obviously, but. I, Still I, powerful I can't, wait. I can't wait to see those loading times like dude i already already know them loading times my friend mm -hmm. you will be you will be excited <laughs> yeah like well that's where it's like when i i really enjoyed playing uh pc games just the last couple of years because like whether it's stadia or shadow pc the loading times on these games are just phenomenal and i'm like it makes it hard for me to want to go load up an xbox game right now just because i'm like oh god like i that... did it one time since i built my pc yeah. and Ooh, so it's, I have an M.2 drive in mind. So yeah. the new load times for the new consoles is going to be almost that speed. And it's like the difference is, is literally night and day. Like that video they showed for the, uh, what was it, Last of Us 2, mm -hmm. the load times between the X and the Series X or the, the 1X and the Series X. Yeah, State of Decay, State of Decay 2. Like they're just off running and this guy's still... On that note, that's a, that's an interesting. I, I really have enjoyed my time with State of Decay, but I've only played it casually. I need to figure like we're. I need to see if uh, Travis or anybody else wants to get into a, a team because it's such a it's a multiplayer survival game. Anyway, I, I want to. I need to revisit that in this in this era. <laughs> Will Destiny Two finally lift up the throttle when the Xbox Series X comes out and let consoles load as fast as they're capable? Like I, I know that my my X can load faster than it does. They've just got me running like an Xbox One, right? No, your your X loads as fast mm. as it loads. That's uh, it's just that slow. It's it's that slow, man. It's outrageous. <laughs> it yeah. is. It really is. Unplayable. Yeah. I like is. Destiny too, and then the load screen. But I will. I will say. Question my decisions. I will say that even on PC with the hard drives I have in mind, Destiny 2 still takes a little bit of time to load. It, like it loads fastest on Stadia. That's where actually I prefer to play it. I'm going to be honest. Like it's, it loads so like comparably faster than PC. And I'm like, 
Jeez Louise. And so just so everybody knows, just some numbers That's just for the so for the panel here. Oh, it is frustrating. Here's where it is. Is the uh, I think the X is like at 100 megabytes a second or something like that, maybe in the 100 it's, it's, it's like a it's like a slower end uh, like regular SSD. It's not Right, but it's like the, the X is not on SSD, but it's like we're talking no. hundreds of megabytes a second on the IO. And that's yeah. why that's why you use RAM. RAM is important because RAM is you know instant pretty much. And yeah. that's from a computer processor perspective. We're going from hundreds of megabytes a second and whether you're Series X or PlayStation 5, if you're in like a, one of those like camps, either to or, to gigabytes a second, 5.5 gigabytes a second for PS5, uh, 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 compressed 4.8 for Series X, like gigabytes a second load. Like this is going to be great. Like I to, to put that in perspective, because one of the things I've been frustrated about is there's this gap between people talking at technical level yeah. and then people going, yeah, but what does it mean? What does it mean? Let's yeah. just talk briefly about what, and I, I to anybody that already understands this, I'm sorry, but like, let's just talk briefly about what RAM is versus what hard drive space is, because that's been the big focus this, mm -hmm. this generation. So you run a kitchen, your hard drive space is your pantry, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the amount of food you can store to satisfy the guests. Your RAM is your workspace. So when you don't have enough RAM, you literally can only make so many dishes at a time because you run out of workspace. You can't prepare things in the pantry directly. So what you do is if you know you're gonna make a lot of salad, you bring a whole bunch of lettuce out of the pantry and you spread it out over the workspace. And then anytime you need lettuce, it's right there. But you have to go put that back when you're gonna start making a bunch of pasta. So what you're now saying is instead of me bringing a couple pounds of, of food out from the pantry at a time to my workspace, I could bring out thousands of pounds at a time. And so suddenly I could just run right past the workspace with anything that I could keep pre-prepared in the pantry. So it, it bypasses RAM altogether when you make this massive of a jump. It also, like, if you think it about really it as does. well, is like imagine every time you have to go to the, to the pantry. So you, let's say you were, you're walking, now you're mm -hmm. the flash, you know, like right. you've, you like, Hey, you got struck by lightning and you can like, absolutely. Zoe uh, is saying in chat, like saying, uh, you can fill that You can fill your entire workspace in two seconds. So you say, Hey, I need to make salad. Okay, cool. Oh, we're good. <laughs> so right. we're, we've Instantly. got it. Instantly. Instantly. So, I'm, so I think, I think it's going to be amazing. I think gamers, your workspace becomes the limiting factor now. Yep. Right. And that's where it's good to see that increase. And at the same time, if you can get those dishes out to the to your customers, you can all, all like instantly. You're just already working on the next thing, and that's right. where almost your pantry starts to extend. And that's what virtual RAM is. It's like, hey, we can start and, to utilize this for maybe even prep work. We can just absolutely. say, hey, and that's where AI comes into play. It's I love technology. It's super, it's super clever. It's why I have so much RAM on my computer because when it comes to like editing videos, I don't want to keep anything closed. And so all those open applications are out on my workspace. Yeah. And so I have Premiere open and all that. And the only way I can have the entire Adobe suite open and Final Fantasy open at the same time is I have 64 gig of RAM. Mm -hmm. But when you go compare that to what consoles come with, it ain't even close. You just don't have anywhere close to that. The other thing you got to think too, when it comes to RAM also, not just the amount of RAM you have, but mm -hmm. how fast that RAM actually is. Right. So like the console RAM obviously is probably not going to be, you know, 3,200 or 3,600. It's probably going to be roughly like 25, 26 maybe. Right. We're just talking about the breadth of that yeah. workspace. So. Yeah, you. The more Great. you have, the, like you said, the more yeah. you have, so, the more. I just wanted to kind of get that no, kind of caught up because I, I think I think people are like, okay, so it loads faster. Yeah, but this is more than that. Like this is yeah. now 
it doesn't hurt as bad to switch between salad and pasta because you can instantly swap out everything on the workspace. Is, exactly. Isn't the new consoles going to allow you to kind of do like what you would be able to on PC and have like two well, different for games? For how long? I mean, at the, the end of the day, it's like, you know, it's going to take everything kind of and set a new, a new bar. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. Like, I think, uh, I mean, they, they are practically PCs. Xbox looks like a <laughs> they really are. <laughs> like I just haul my refrigerator and set it up next to my TV. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I'll see here. <laughs> but um, well, we'll have to wait and see. I honestly, I think uh, this year, like in the context of this podcast, which we're going to dive into our main topic, which is kind of the state of delay, you know, and hey, there's a good title. Uh, the <laughs> the, uh, the state of delay with, uh, with Nightmare. You heard Day. it here first, unless you saw the thumbnail. <laughs> 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 the, um, so but the idea though is that anything this year like don't count on it set in stone and if we were no. able to get it yes that's going to be great but obviously um final fantasy 14 and, and just so people don't know wes has played we played 14 together for a while uh it's one of those games that i think uh you know he, he follows the yoshi p mindset of I, I play it and i enjoy it and then i take a break and come back and yeah. that's where i think when we also did you ever play final fantasy 11 wes uh, yeah, I've played it for 10 years. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, an avid Final Fantasy 11 player, there's that, that sand, that sandbox versus the theme park. Zoe, yeah. I think is actually the run, responsible for kind of the mindset. Cause I, I, I was, I said in a recent video, I was like, yeah, this is kind of based off of Yoshi P cause I see people complain about 14. I see people complain about destiny. I see all, so many people just angry about this game, like insert any X game there. But then yet I just hear nothing but love. <laughs> I'm sure there's people complaining about 11, but, uh, and I look at it and, I'm, and I ask the question then, are we seeing essentially a resurgence or, or more demand in that of the sandbox? Because the player has things to do, but they also are in a way responsible for creating their own fun. So just like if I was going to send my kids outside to play in a sandbox, they might come back and say, I'm not having fun. And I'm like, I don't care. I've given you the tools to play in the sand, go play in the sand. You know, it's like, it's up to you to make your own fun, but devs having going to be delayed. I don't think we're going to see 5.3 when we were expecting to see 5.3. I just don't, or we're going to see a scaled back version of it with more of that content rolled out over time as these companies adjust to the new norm for now, hopefully for now. Um, so along those lines, let's talk about it. Uh, Chris, you look like you've got some thoughts like, percolating in your brain i'm gonna start with you because you didn't play 11 you're like an avid wow guy 14 those are very theme park-esque games is it fair to put these expectations on the devs what do you think i mean wow's having the same issue so just to lump it in for anybody that hasn't been following wow news which even i don't think wow players are following wow news because there is no news brian's like how why haven't you made a post and it's like well it's hard to make a post on nothing yeah like there's literally no news they're just not sharing with us the state of Shadowlands, the release date of Shadowlands, when we can get into test realms, all these things. Now, I'm sure as of this recording, between the recording and publishing, they'll probably release all of this and everybody will post in the notes. There it is. Um, but largely, we would expect to already be there. We would expect to already be possibly seeing some sort of hands-on testing out of an early test realm. We would possibly, I mean, the amount of time from when they give us this stuff to release historically has hovered in that let's say up to six month time frame well it can't be six months because six months is already starting to push us well into that fall time frame uh and so we could very easily be looking at a more of an end of year release for shadowlands which is is only hard on the community because a bfa hasn't been a wild rampant success so telling people to sit back and enjoy and savor their last moments in bfa isn't going to go over well second of all 
it puts more pressure on Shadowlands being amazing because anybody who's come back through all of this Shadowlands publish everything they've done since BlizzCon to kind of push this, anybody who's come back with a pre-order and is playing is expecting more and more and more. And if Shadowlands is not good, it's it could do real long-term damage to the WoW community. And I know people are quick to say, oh, WoW community's already dead. They're not dead. They still have more subscribers than 14 or whatever game you're trying to compare this to. They are still the big one in the room, whether or not you like it. I know people don't like hearing it. it it's just numbers. Uh, and and so they are they are a huge community, and I think they're going to be affected by this. I think this delay this delay is going to hit them hard. You played uh, a lot of BFA, uh, Wes. Why don't you talk about your experience now? Um, for me, like I started playing WoW with uh, Legion. Like some of my friends convinced me to go and play it because I, I wanted to I wanted to play it back before I started playing Eleven. Sure. But I never had access to a PC back then, which Eleven was a lot easier to access for me. Um. So, you know, I got into it before BFA launched, you know, kind of hyped for BFA and then BFA came out and <laughs> I quit within the first two weeks of BFA launching. It just wasn't what it was. I liked the first two weeks. <laughs> I, I like the first did. 60 days. <laughs> Unfortunately, I mean, I... it's supposed to last like 700 days. Yeah. Turns out 900 well, let, days. Well, let me rephrase that. Okay. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it was about a month. I, I got a good, a good, good month of en okay. enjoyment out of it. And my main thing was I made my gold, I transferred that to Blizzard money, and then bought Call of Duty and other games and quit. Okay. But on my on my thoughts for the Shadowlands stuff is with how how bad you know how how much negative like you saw a good bit of negative come out of like BFA's launch. You know they yeah they took a hit there. I mean it wasn't terrible terrible, but you know they they got some bad reviews from it. They got and, they got good reviews, but like overall for the life, like I, I look yeah. at it as there was negative and then there was bandwagon negative. Yeah. Right? Like, like yeah. I think that's a, a trend that we see that concerns me within the content creation. It's like oh everybody's hating on X. I'm gonna go hate on it. I'm gonna go hate on it too. And Let's it's it. because A, it makes you either feel a part of that movement, or B, you can grow within the content creation because everybody's like, "Yeah, I'm angry too." You know, like, favorite, subscribe, and share. Blah blah blah. Yeah, you know? like I said, I wasn't angry about BFA. I enjoyed what I what you know what I played of it. Yeah, and you know, for those who enjoyed it, cool. I mean, it just wasn't it just wasn't for me. But I, I wasn't in on the whole hate train for it. I but, don't understand uh, how the hate train runs so long. <laughs> So for like well, wow that's stuff, on, that's like, on like, so so no 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 like how does it how does the fuel sustain so like if I hate a game it's been an incredible couple years to be a gamer I mean we have had some groundbreaking games we've had some some really on point revivals of old series we've had we've had some new faces in the room that have been doing great we've had a wide choice for all gamers to go out and try everything from indie all the way up to AAA have had their moments even EA had some moments that everybody said eh, it's pretty good so like it's been really hard to not to to see how anybody could say there's not something to play and so when i see creators bashing on a game whether it be 14 or wow or eso or whatever and they're bashing on it for more than let's say three weeks four weeks three weeks four weeks at most why are they still there like i i do watch some wow creators i watch some 14 creators but the ones i watch still like it like i i watch wow creators who say they love bfa there just aren't that many of them <laughs> And and it's because they've honed in. They've said yes. These these things were faulty. I found joy in these other yeah. things. That's kind of what you're talking about, Brian, with this yeah. whole theme park. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go ride the ride that was on the ad, the TV ad. 
if you can find some little bounce house that's not mentioned anywhere in the marketing materials and you're having a blast, have at it. Yeah. And that, and that for me is how I would completely define sandbox is that here is what we offer. And then how are you going to make and define that, that fun and that enjoyment with those games themselves, right? So it's that uh, within 14, and one of the common things that it just kind of irks me, like in all honesty, is that when somebody says, oh, I'm not having fun with the game. And then the person, instead of trying to figure out like what they want or like what do they enjoy about it, says, well, you haven't done everything. Therefore, your opinion is, is worthless. It's like, and then it's always been fun for me to counter with, look at my profile and then they're like oh it's like no 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 like let's actually look at what is enjoyable and so i've always said like i don't i, I want to I, I i won't play a game until the point i hate it like i'm going to go i'm going to play other games i'm going to enjoy these aspects right and if it's within 14 the maps like the things that are usually random are something that i i really find a lot of enjoyment in but I also find enjoyment in the camaraderie and the community, right? I find enjoyment with these kind of games and playing with, with my friends. And I think that's kind of where, when I look at it, where I look at sometimes the friction that comes in between, um, you know, a, a, like a life cycle of a theme park style game is that there are options within 14. There are options within these games to kind of go and create your own fun, but often they don't actually line up with the different waves of where people come into games and when they leave games. So like right now there are people coming into, let's say 14 and because we're not mm -hmm. in an expansion year and they, they have a, 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 an immediate high followed by like, wait, where, where did everybody go? Well, the raid team, all the raiders are kind of on break now because of this, all this is happening. So it's like, you kind of need to find those within, you know, within the aspect and the content, you need to find those, those waves to be ahead of the wave, to ride the wave and to know when to say, Oh wait, I'm starting to, I, I might, you know, I might not enjoy crafting. You don't have to enjoy crafting to enjoy 14, you know, or, or wow, or ESO. Like don't sit here and force yourself into something that you, I, I think you should try it. You know, like as an aside, you should absolutely try the, like the different pieces of content. You might be surprised by what you actually find you like and not. For me, it was Westerns. Didn't know I like Westerns. Love Westerns. Uh, I wouldn't have discovered that unless I tried it. Uh, you know, so it's like you got to try it. But if you don't like it, like it's something like where you don't don't kill yourself on it. I, I've seen plenty of people who come into our comments and they hate on 14 because they've done everything. They've like, I did everything in this game. Let me down. It betrayed me. It's like, no, and go the play game, something else. But they like, oh, I shouldn't have to go play something else. The devs should be able to make content as fast as I'm able to consume content. Like, yeah. does any, am I alone in, in these comments? Am I alone in this conversation? I, well, so are we talking about this just in general? Or are we talking about this in current context? Because in current context, all those devs are working from home. Right. Yeah. So they're, they're slower than we're, ever. We're obviously talking about it in current, right? So is like, that's where I'm, I'm looking at the And the problem the is my sub didn't get cheaper. It didn't. I'm paying the same $15 a month and they are they are producing at a slower rate. Is that a problem? I think it will yeah. be. Because if you're yeah, constantly that. if you're if you're constantly chasing and waiting for that high, if 53 doesn't come out at the three and a half months, but it's at five months, there was like a lot of people don't remember this, but within Heaven's Word specifically, by the before five one dropped, there was like so much negativity towards that that expansion. Because that gap was, was like, was massive. It was massive. 
massive gap. And so, and Zoe, like in chat, this is kind of the theme for this thing. Final Fantasy XI would never have told players to play something else. And I think that comes in purely into the design. That they have to have the systems in place. Well, the so the problem is that if you tell people to play other games, it's 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 like you going on two dates with somebody and you really like them and you date don't have time else. for more dates. Be sure to date and other so people. you're saying, well, just go date other people. And when I have more time, I'd love to see you again. They might not come back. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's a strong chance you're <laughs> really going to like that other person. Like that just doesn't go over well. And and if you are going to have them come back, how are you going to invite them back? What does that conversation, how do you walk up to that person and say, hey, I didn't have time for you before, but I do now. So like as a game, how do you come and say like, you know, that's where the April Fool's joke comes in with 14 is come do your weeklies. Like how do you laughingly invite people back because you told them to go be happy in another ecosystem, especially knowing that they're they're willing to pay for a monthly sub. That means they're willing to pay for somebody else's monthly sub. They're not averse to that. Yeah. 14 players are not afraid to pay per month, which means that they don't mind going to something like, I don't know, BDO and dropping money because they've got money. They've got $15 a month in their budget they're ready to let go of. And you can you can do really well out there in the world of games with $15 a month. Mm-hmm. Wes, what do you think? I feel, I feel like with, with 5.3 and delay, the way 14, you know, system has always kind of ran its course. <clears throat> People, you know, they expect these updates regardless of what's going on. They expect them when they come out, like the hardcore 14 players, they, they expect them religiously. That's why there's people who's like, uh, you know, they're mad at the game, but they keep paying their sub and getting on and just like standing around in Limsa or something like right. yet they're over here commenting on videos because they're mad about it. But I mean, you can only expect devs to do so much, but at the same time in like this current atmosphere, I agree with Chris on the fact if you're still paying $15 a month and they're producing at a slower rate, that's going to be a problem. That's, that's, that's going to be a problem for a lot of people. So how does ESO like keep you engaged? How does ESO uh, manage it? Where like, I'm, yeah, there's ne- like, it, it, and to put it in perspective, what does like ESO cost you per year? Yeah. ESO actually would like, unless you like, there's, there is a paid like sub version that gives an optional you, paid sub. Yeah, yeah. It's an optional paid sub. And what it gives you is like a craft bag that holds all your crafting supplies. And definitely like you never have to worry about those for your space. But as far as like the game itself, like it's got a crown store and it's all. How often do they come stuff. out with expansions, DLCs? Uh, do they come out with expansions and DLCs and those are one usually year? one a year. Typically it's like here, since I've come back playing, it seems to be like they're doing like the expansions once a year. And then they okay. have like done almost, almost like intermediate patches throughout the year. They have like maybe two dungeons or whatever. And the way those works are those are DLCs. How much does but, it cost to pay for that? Uh, the expansions themselves, the major expansions are just like 14. So 14 or wow. So 60 bucks when the mm-hmm. 50 bucks, well, 50, 40, 50 bucks. As and then probably a collector's version or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Then sure. there's like a collector's version and there's like the complete edition or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like 14, you know, if you buy this expansion, then you get the last like four or however many has been out. And the other thing with the, the subscription also is like, if you're paying the sub, you're literally playing just like you are on 14. You just buy the, expansions each year and it's like i think it's the same price as 14 actually and those dlcs you get free 
Like they're part of the subscription, just like the patches for 14. We get two new dungeons, like every like 5.3, 5.4. But uh, just, if you're not sub, you have to pay for the dungeons. Yeah, if you're not oh. sub, then you have to pay. But on the other side, it's just like wow, the crown store you can actually gift um, DLCs or whatever in the game. So like if you're a player that makes a lot of money in the game, you can just take your gold in game and pay somebody who's got crowns but hey here's some gold can you give me this dlc and it's like a transfer rate how much do you think that so i i would say that for an average player of wow a to give somebody a month subscription um is gonna cost you probably somewhere between one and 10 hours of playtime. And I know that's a huge range, but it just depends on, there are people who are like, well, I want to make my money running dungeons. It's like, well, that's not a very efficient, no, <laughs> we'll make it, no. but it did slow. And then the one, like that's, that's a pretty optimized thing. And that's a pretty, but like you're somewhere in that ballpark. It's no more than 10 hours worth of play. And you could give somebody a month subscription. If you just turned over all the gold that came from that. It's about roughly the same thing with ESO, like with like the DLCs and stuff, because the DLCs are roughly, thousand fifteen hundred crowns roughly between 10 and 20 bucks depending on dlc how much is in it etc so like if they just want that dlc so like there's dark brotherhood and some of the old ones that are like almost expansions in themselves not just like dungeons yeah. like they're got their own like storylines to them <clears throat> those are right around like two thousand crowns and ones that are just like dungeons are usually like a thousand to fifteen hundred but like That's if interesting you do, if you do just the monthly sub which is i think it's it's either 14 or 15. Like I said, it's right around the same price as 14s. And if you're doing like the monthly sub, then you get a bunch of perks from it and as well as the DLCs. And then you just buy the expansions when they come out. So, so then the game... Well, maybe that's the answer. Well, because that's actually where I was going to go with it. Get, like Chris said, because even chat saying, what if uh, it would be really cool if they let you play for your sub for 14 like you can with in-game kill, like making that. Uh, like Chris, that, I think, is that where you're going to go with it, Chris? Oh, I've, I've beat that horse. I'm <laughs> I, at this point, I'm beating again. a skeleton. Yeah. Like, just leave the horse alone, man. Uh, like, <laughs> that's, uh, but a, yeah, I, I don't see any problem with the token system. I think it does a lot of things. It discourages the crap out of, out of gill sellers. I'm not saying there aren't gold sellers in WoW, but it's pushed a lot of those gold sellers out of business and they have to go to other games. Um, because now there is an above board way to buy my gold and people would prefer that. I won't get my account banned. I won't get my credit card stolen. It works every time it's instant. And then it, and then everybody's like, well, it devalues the currency. No, it doesn't because at least the way wow does it. And it sounds like the way ESO does it. You're pulling that money from another person. Now you don't know who that other person is, but it's, it's matching you with somebody that says I have too much gold and I want playtime. And you're, and somebody else is saying, I will pay for somebody's playtime just give me that gold and it's just meeting them up and in wow it's a live market it goes up and down all the time eu's on its own rate ena's on its own rate and each server's on its own rate depending on what server you're on some of them are higher some of them are lower yeah at least when i was playing bfa like yeah I th yeah typically north america hovers in that hundred and fifty thousand yeah. price point um I it may be server to server but they typically hover around there and then right around there uh, some of them might have a higher it's quite a bit higher so yeah. this is actually great because this is where i really was hoping that we'd get on this podcast because i've been operating off of a theory and i'm going to be able to test this theory out with a new world hopefully here in a couple weeks and then obviously here hopefully if it releases on time in may 
And that all drives from a player-driven economy. A player-driven economy from when you look at 11, when you look at, like, I don't know about ESO, but where gear, uh, instead of, like, everything always dropping gear, they drop the materials, and then you have the players themselves make them, yes. those materials. Thus, always having a mat, like, always giving that gill, that money, that in-game currency a value. So no matter which way you're, you're getting it, you could be progressing in some way. The thing that breaks that, the thing that's challenged that is obviously like in 11, there was gill selling. It was it was widespread. It, market prices were going massive because you were purchasing this gill from like people who were actively trying to make real money from it as opposed to having where WoW comes in and brings that system. I, I really am curious to see ultimately where, uh, like with this new sandbox MMO, if it's successful, because everything is crafted. Every like there might be a, the occasional actual item that's dropped, but hopefully that item is used as a part of that economy. I think when players are driving that economy, it it, it invests that time and that that need. Like I just like with Ishgard. Like so, for anybody who doesn't know, I, I love that they put in the rebuilding of Ishgard because even if I'm not actively participating in it at that day, like other people are participating in it. It connects us all economy and trade <laughs> and no better way we could ever test this theory in the real world is by everybody basically stopping to spend money uh, and, and seeing how that actually impacts us all the fact is that everybody's doing it and everybody feels that effect and then in these theme parks like especially as it relates to 14 and especially because not only can i not pay my sub in my in real game i think it all drives into the fact that Every, every piece of content is so gear focused in its drop, it has an automatic expiration date. So no matter what, you could like everything you would do so many times and eventually that, that the, the value diminishes exponentially as opposed to, oh man, like no one has put that up on the market. I ended up making a lot of money by just running, running that random dungeon and I got that drop. That's yeah. just the theory I'm operating off of. I know I'm probably plenty crazy and Wes is... So the problem with the player-driven economy is, is you're wanting to compare it to a real economy. And there's right. a couple of distinct differences between a real economy and a game economy. The mm -hmm. first is that people don't value their time um, because they feel they're playing a game. And so people are perfectly okay with getting no value for their time. And so you have people that will work themselves down until they're making metaphorical pennies per hour because they don't care because there's no right. pain. There's no sweat. It's not compensation. It's just gill and nobody cares um the second thing is that uh goods don't expire and so if if i'm selling tomatoes at my local farmer's market i'm only selling tomatoes against the other people who have tomatoes right now and my customers if they take those tomatoes home will eat them or they will spoil in a certain amount of time period and then they will have to come back and they will have to buy more tomatoes and at that time i will only be competing with the tomatoes i have then against the people who have tomatoes then to sell to the people who want tomatoes then so it's this ever moving thing but in a game like in WoW, my number one way that I make gold is I find it really relaxing to do transmog runs. That's where you run old dungeons for the purpose of finding gear for the equivalent of their glamour system. Okay, because all the dungeon drops, the vast majority of them that are not tied to bosses are tradable, unlike in 14. Yeah, so there's whole glamour economy that exists now it takes a long time to sell because you're only selling to people who not only want glamour but they want that specific glamour and so it it only works because i keep thousands of items listed per day that are split across multiple expansions worth of glamours and so i have a ton of items and i run a ton of different dungeons to keep my variety up but none of those items ever 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 expire they never wear out and should my customer buy them, they will now have unlocked that glamour forever. And I, that customer will never be back for that specific glamour 
ever again. And so it doesn't, it's not this elastic demand where there's this give and take. These items last forever. Once you equip a raid gear, outside of the fact that they release new raids, it never gets worse. Once you're best in slot, you're best in slot until there's a better in slot. You're never worse, as opposed to something like EVE Online, where once your ship blows up, it's gone. Um, so unless they, unless there's, unless New World introduces a for sure way that your gear expires or things like that, um, I just don't see how a player economy is going to feel any different than it does in any other game. Okay, that'll be interesting to see because obviously, yeah, when things that some things expire or have repair, uh, I always thought it was fascinating that in like eleven, like I could wear a piece of gear and eventually, if I got to the point where I didn't need it. I could sell, resell that gear. It wasn't like lost, you know, forever. But then at the same time, like once that piece of gear is made, it, it exists unless it's just discarded completely. And there was no like, yeah, there was no loss in that regards. So things kind of continue to, uh, you know, I guess that's essentially what we call um, inflation. <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, we don't need, you don't have customers ready to buy. And so that's where I think you see uh, the, the importance of new players, new blood coming into these, these games overall. So my, my concern that I have, obviously, as we go into, you know, this, and it's not the fault of, like, anybody or any kind of game design. I just look at it and say, uh, yeah, what, you know, what should people, like, if they're getting burned out on a specific game, like, do you all have any thoughts or advice as to, like, what they should do? Should they go play a game that's similar to the game that they're, they're going to take a break from? Especially, let's say, we are, we're talking about, like, August or something like that for 5.3, for 14, in context. Should they go play another MMO? Should they go play something completely different? Should they work on their backlog if they've got the time? Wes, what do you think? I mean, for me, I've uh, like I said, I took a break from 14. I swapped over to ESO. And um, on the the thoughts of the economy stuff real quick. Okay, yeah, I'm please. On. Um, with ESO, it's, the way its economy works is very similar to like 11 in the sense that most of the gear, like there's dungeon drops that are specific to dungeons, but the way you build out your character and with the diversity of the classes, like there's so many different gear sets and all the dungeons gears are always useful. Like it's scaled. So you can go and like you building a new character, you want him to do this type of build, you can go farm the gear, but there's also crafted gear. Like crafters are a major part of the economy in the game. <clears throat> there's uh gear sets, you know, you craft and with like different DLCs, you know, build to, change around people start using different gear sets so the economy is very similar to like the way 11 was and mm -hmm. it's almost almost but it's still it's kind of own thing but uh on the topic of you know 5.3 being you know maybe august for me like i said i swapped to you know playing eso that's just kind of what i do but if you've got a big backlog buy some backlog or find some find something in 14 that you know you might enjoy but if you if you're that bummed out about it just I mean, there's not much that with the current state of the world at the moment. I mean, we can't really expect them to be able to efficiently push stuff out with all of them working for home. So mm -hmm. if you got backlogs, do backlogs. If, you know, I find enjoyment in swapping to like ESO because I've always enjoyed that game or in like the case of Chris, he goes plays WoW or, you know, if you've got some, if something similar and, you know, it's a similar play style, you'll get the same kind of enjoyment out of pro progressing basically. Cause I, I don't, I'm no, go ahead. I, I didn't mean uh, to get you. I thought you were done. Oh, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I said, for me, like, it's just, you know, a game where I'm always like progressing towards something. Like I, I enjoy single player games. I just don't play them a whole lot anymore. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm usually playing 
like I said, most of my games are, are games where I'm always progressing towards something. It's what I do. Chris, what do you think? I mean, I put out a post kind of on this. It got mixed, mixed responses <laughs> from the community. Um, because honestly, the, the question of what not to do right now, the question of like, where's their bad news? That's not hard to find. Um, I, I really have, have tried to say, okay, but what do we learn from this? Like, I don't want to come out of this change in my lifestyle and go back to where I was. Because that means if this sort of thing happens again, I'll be back here. And I don't want to be back here ever again. This is awful. So I want to I go somewhere better than where I was. And so what can we learn from this that ideally, you know, what are the, the unique opportunities here? And how do I get to somewhere stronger than I've ever been? Um, and I, I think as a gamer, the way I do that is I, I make time for things that I haven't normally had time for. So like I, I haven't just taken a break from 14 and to just go out and seek the same things that I like about 14. When I'm playing WoW, I'm doing things in WoW that 14 doesn't allow for. Listing thousands of items on the market board simply isn't possible in 14. So running the board and, and getting a feel for game economics and things like that is really hard in, in 14. I can teach you how to make Gil there, but it's, it's hampered by the way that the retainers work and by the way that the market board works, and it's just clumsy at best. And, and the... There is gill to be made there. There are plenty of, of people who have billions of gill. It just, it's not, it's not as easy or as streamlined as it is in WoW where you can have add-ons and things like that that help interact with the new market. Their new market board is so awesome. And, and it just works. And so like, I like all of that. And so I'm, I'm doing things in WoW that I didn't do in 14. And then I'm, I'm playing other things. I mean, just like Brian goes to Destiny for PvP, I have been playing three to five matches of Halo every single day since I've been stuck at home because I play with my brothers and we hop online and I hear their voices and I get to interact with other humans. It's not the same, but it's, it's close. And so like, it's a chance to do things I wouldn't do otherwise. That includes playing your backlog. That includes maybe going and picking up a game for switch. You know, I always wish I had more time for my switch. Maybe I should be on the Nintendo store seeing if something just came out or something I missed is on sale or whatever. And I can download a switch game because I suddenly have a lot of free time. Um, and I am currently in contract employment uh, and my contract employment, my contract is up for a, a, like a, a renegotiation of sorts on April 15th. And when I look at the current industry, in my mind, a logical outcome of that is that I will shift to being unemployed on the 15th because if I was on their side of the table, that is a very good option to let somebody go that's not a firing. You're not having to push anybody out the door. You're just letting the contract lapse. That's an easy thing to do um, in order to protect their more salaried, you know, their full-time salaried employees. And like that makes sense to me, which tells me I'm suddenly going to have a lot of free time. What a great time to spend time with my Switch. What a great time to spend time playing games on Xbox. Game Pass is suddenly a heck of a deal. If I have 15 bucks to spare or whatever it costs per month, I buy it in big chunks. Um, I can go out and get Game Pass and I can go play a ton of games that I've never made time for. So from a value proposition in that regards, right? Because we always look at it at a dollar per hour of joy. That's that's mm -hmm. how we like rate of joy, life. not just game time. Right. Joy, not game time. A uh, dollar per hour of joy. Um, that's essentially what I would say is that you have to weigh that. If you're getting 15 hours of joy out of ESO's premium sub, 14, uh, you know, World of Warcraft, mm -hmm. that's how we would rate it. And so if you're not, that's when you're like, okay, now let's look at what's going to do that. And honestly, that's where Game Pass in and of itself is really a, 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 Absolutely. a, a Absolutely. critical deal. Like I was talking to my brother-in-law about this. It's He's pennies. Like, 
he was like, what should I do? I was like, uh, should I buy uh, Halo 5 and come play with y'all? I go, it's a dollar right now. Just go buy, do that and come play Halo with us. <laughs> or then we can play whatever game. You want to race tomorrow? You want to do this tomorrow? Like, come join us. Honestly, with the way people are being stretched financially, maybe a dollar per hour is too rich. Drop it to a quarter per hour. Run the numbers again. Yeah, that's where I think that's going to be suddenly fourteen. Fourteen may be somewhere between twenty-five cents and a dollar per hour when you when you weigh out how many hours you really make time for it in a month over how much it costs you. But Game Pass could still be a good deal at a quarter an hour. Game Pass might still be still be rocking. Yeah, that's what's going to be interesting to see financially where people look at this. Where oh you don't have a job you know and that's where my advice would be that if you do consider taking a break from a game that you've put a lot of time into, be connected with the, your free company or your guild or you know mm-hmm. in some Just other way connected. you know Discord's whether, are great yeah Discord is fantastic tool, you know whatever <laughs> like in, in terms of like that way if it's not like you leaving your family like you know we I've seen this happen a lot of times where it's like you know when you are taking your break it is this 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 time in which that. Because uh, the whole point is, is that when, like, when should you return? And my thing is, is I always say, don't return solo. If you were like, I play with these five people, or this is my raid team, and then okay, yep, we've done the raids, we're taking a break, let's take our break. But don't be the one who comes back without your raid team if you're expecting that it's just gonna, just you know, you're gonna hit the ground running. You're gonna end up finding yourself kind of in that in that wasteland. And so maybe that's maybe that's a video kind of guy talking about. Something that I'll put up on the channel because I think that because I see a lot of people are like, hey, I'm thinking about coming back to 14. Should I? And I'm like, if you want to, absolutely. However, like if you're expecting there to be a real active this, if you really liked, you know, like right now crafting, I would say crafting a gathering is really active because people are working on that. If that's something you're really excited about, you're going to have a blast. If you're expecting there to be the the relic grind, well, I think that kicks off next week. If you're, you know, it's like there are these times and these slots that it's like, if you really like this content, this is the perfect time for you to return. Otherwise the perfect time for you to return is going to be in the, in the 0.5 patch. Uh, you know, next January, when everybody, when we start barreling towards 6.0, when you're going to see just a ton of people return to get caught up on story and, or to prepare for the 6.0, like, and with the ultimate stuff, like I think they've, they're really going to stage, ultimate in a, like where next january you're going to see like a massive uptick in terms of 14 and, and watch the news like, watch fan fest right yeah which might be digital honestly if it's not digital and this like i don't know man like i'm i i have travel anxiety and i, I don't know how the how i'll travel next time when, thank when goodness we, brian and i haven't done like i mean thank goodness we aren't far enough into this process that like everybody has flights and hotel rooms and all of that booked you know, like they can refund your tickets, but a lot of times that's just the begin. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. You know, they refund your t- tickets and then the hotel's like, what do you want us to do? Come visit. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Uh, so that's, you that's, know, that's, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. That's kind uh, of an issue. We ran. I mean, it, go ahead. Yeah. Right. What, what happened with you? Uh, so like, like I said, you know, I had this vacation already planned and we had, um, uh, these condos res- reserved down in, uh, Tybee Island and, uh, you know, that was 1500 bucks. And it's like there, you know, before they started talking about shutting down the beaches and everything, the, the condos are like, you're already past the date. We ain't giving you your money back. You can either come or not come. That's, that's up to you. So it was just like, I'm looking at losing 1500 bucks. And it's hard. Then like the week, like a couple weeks before, like they shut down all the beaches and then like they emailed us, they're like, 
hey y'all can uh y'all can reschedule or we can give you your money back now <laughs> that's rough dude i told julie like, they told didn't julie, they because they their grounds yeah. was was a pandemic is not grounds for a refund and i'm like <laughs> what <laughs> well it technically may not have been in there because nobody thought about it right i don't have pandemic insurance <laughs> so so i but on Brian's note of, of coming back with friends, I, I will say absolutely. Um, it's why I haven't been back to ESO. I played ESO on launch and then before, and I played because we got together with a group of friends. We were all playing a game. We wanted to play something new. We put a list together. Everybody voted. I did not vote for ESO because I didn't think it was a good fit for the group. The group voted ESO, and so I said, you know what? I'll give it a shot. I loved it. I was way out in front. Me and my brother Todd were two of the people that did not vote for ESO. We got outvoted and we were level capped <laughs> in some ridiculously short number of calendar days. Like, I don't think it was a ridiculously short number of hours. I think you should just be alarmed for our sleep. <laughs> and like, we just, we just busted through it. Yeah. And then we didn't know, like at the time, the way it functioned is once you hit cap, like once you, when you were in PVP, there was PVP for people that have hit that kind of initial cap. And then there's PVP for everybody below that. And so every week we were logging on on the same night and we were playing PVP together as we were leveling up. And it took like two weeks for us to hit cap. And, and then, so the first week we did PVP together. I was like, this is awesome. And the next week we're like, we're gonna do PVP again. Oh, we can't. And we were locked out. And then all those other people were like, yeah, this is too hard. And they just one by one quit the game. <laughs> and so like, I've never been back, not because I didn't like ESO, but because the group that I played with, like I didn't want to go back alone. Right. Like that's uh, an MMO see, alone is hard. It. Really, I play WoW alone, kind of. It's hard. Yeah. It, 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 these it, are social it really games. Is. That's the whole point. And that's where, outside of whether it's theme park, whether it's sandbox, if you're sitting out there just doing it solo, at some point you're going to be like, all right, mm -hmm. it's it, it's also easier to leave. I think it's it's harder to leave when you have that team that they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm a part of this and we do this every week. The people who I know who are active, like when I talk with Larry Zara about this, he's like, yeah, like it's on the, on the schedule. Here's the team. We're doing this content and we have a blast with it. And even if it's like, yeah, we've done this and we've done this over and over. It's like, yeah, but we, we enjoy each other's company along with the content. It's a reason for us to get together. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter what we're doing. Right. And I was like, I, I have a group with, with Halo like that. I don't know that Halo is all of our first choice. It may not be any one of our first choices, but it's a game that we can all agree on. It's a, an easy one to get to. As for staying in, in touch, I I am a like distant member of the of of the the people who have spun off of Elitist Jerks from everybody that remembers them back in the game. Uh they they now call themselves um abandoned jerks. <laughs> and uh and because we've we've since like the vast majority of them have left wow and i'm on a forum with them and we we have secret santa and we have all this stuff and it, it's just this this place that we hang out and we have this private forum it's hosted on a private site can't really find it it's invite only and it's not re it's not really for the public it's not really meant to be what elitist jerks was it's meant to be um it's meant to just be this place we connect. It's just basically a big dump because at the time that it was founded, Discord didn't exist. But Discord can be that thing now. And, and there are other things like it. So, you know, it's a place that we can all hang out and it doesn't matter. The vast majority of these people have moved on. They have kids. They don't play many games at all or they play the same game. They've never updated. They've played the same game that they've owned for years now. And, and that's just something that, and you can share those things. So I would say if you have a community in a game, as we kind of talk this through and realize that maybe this means the subscription just isn't worth it or it's time to dump that subscription into another game, don't lose the community with it. Yeah. All you're doing is moving your gaming budget 
from 14 to something else or from wow to something else with the intent of probably coming back that's, that's pretty right. much what i've done with eso yeah <laughs> like i like i said i play played 14 i play it off and on and like i will shift games and typically whenever i'm shifting away from 14 it's because usually the people i play with it with the exception of like one or two are not playing so and i'm looking forward to the relic system yeah, I'm I, like I'm I'm actively looking forward to it. Also, the, expir to the expiration. Like, I'm hoping that they use the world visit. Like, I hope that they bring in the ability to use party finder and a couple of those tools. That was yep. for whatever reason the the test for that that Eureka just stressed me out. And if it can be leveling content, man, that's going to be so freaking cool. So, with that, Wes, you got any final thoughts uh, to share? Any uh, about anything we talked about or anything on your mind, as well as uh, where can people find you? Uh, if you were looking to get into ESO right now would be the best time because they currently have, you can jump into the game for free. And if you need any help, feel free to hit me up on Twitch with at nightmare demon on YouTube or on Twitter, same name. Um, need any help, feel free to DM me or whatever and come hop in the conversation. We'll be sure to include his links, uh, in the description of this video below. If you're uh, watching this or listening to this on some kind of podcast, be sure to check the description of this post. If you want to check out uh, Nightmare Demon, uh, Wesley, AKA, uh, and all the all the content he puts out. Also, just fantastic guy. Just honestly, like one of the, I think, down-to-earth guys. I always enjoy talking to him about video games and getting his perspective. Chris, uh, what are you working on and where can people find us? Link, find us all over the place. Right here at this new channel that maybe you haven't hit subscribe to on uh on the podcast here moving to its own it's it's gotten big enough like the rabbits in my garden they're finally ready to go out and be their own uh my my golden retriever is like but i only got to eat one of them uh he really did mess with one of them pretty like come on dude uh but there's a band of happy rabbits in our neighborhood now but that's sidetracked. So yes, we, we are working on all kinds of things. I'm playing all kinds of games, watching all kinds of Netflix. So I don't know what we're going to talk about. I don't know what we're going to post and where we're going to post it. But we have a lot of channels now and uh, we're working on all kinds of things. And, and, and Final Fantasy VII is right around the corner and I've got room to add it. Nothing even has to get out of the way. It's just going to be additional content in my life. Can't wait. Next week, uh, join us for, uh, uh, we've got Death Monkey XL coming on the podcast. And uh, I'm only joking when I say this. It's gonna be the Tiger King focused episode. Oh God! So, so get caught no, up. I'm only I'm only on episode two. You gotta, I'm pacing them. We're pacing them. Wait, wait. we've got shelter in place through the end of the month, and there's only seven episodes. There is no reason to binge this. And if for some reason we have to reschedule, Watch them all. we'll let you know because he's like, "Is that next week?" It's like, well, that's what I got on my calendar, but uh, who knows? <laughs> for everybody being suddenly available, scheduling has become harder. <laughs> Just know, guys, I might be cheerfully unemployed trying to. Play Play games so i don't have to think about the world uh so root for me to not be around because that means that i'm still employed <laughs> all right so with all of that out of the way uh for work to game my name is brian my name's chris my name's wesley thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time take care <laughs>